when you were starting your photographs, I mean, your, your, your exciting series in 1977 and 78, that's when she started her kitchen bit, uh, series as well. So you were, in effect, ahead of her in terms of age. But that's something we might... Well, she had... Or I had When I first came to New York and in the early 70s, I went to Light Gallery to see her work, and that's when I saw the car photographs. Um, she, you know, I, I discovered, I discovered her work, uh, before, way before I started showing my work or even, even making my more mature work. So that's why I was trying to, um, get a sense of her birth date because I always considered her a generation kind of ahead of me, you know, along with Mel Bachner and her husband and Barry LeBay. That was her, that was her cohort, the way I saw it. So what, what what were your first impressions when you went to see that exhibition? Well, what actually happened was I went to Light Gallery. I found out that uh, you could go into a gallery, of course, this was New York in the 70s, and ask the gallerist to show you works, and they would take you to the back room and open drawers and show you things, whether you were a collector or a very young artist, as I was. So I, you know, I kind of got my courage together and went to Light Gallery. And I think at the time, Marvin Heiferman was working there. And he showed me all of the prints that he had of Jan's in the drawer. It was so exciting. And, you know, I was such a kind of a pipsqueak right out of art school. The fact that I could walk into a gallery and they would be so generous and so gracious to show me, you know, what they had. So I, I felt that... I was looking at the work of a conceptual photographer. And that was very exciting to me because I had just gotten interested in photography. And I was trying to find kindred spirits, people that worked somewhat outside of the box or outside of the history of photography. And I felt that Jan was exemplary of that for me. Now, funnily enough, though, um at that time, had you actually ch chosen photography as a medium for, for your artistic expression, or were you still exploring the language? I was exploring. Um, I was looking at everything that I could possibly look at in New York at the time, and it became clear to me that the most avant-garde thing I could do at that moment, particularly as a woman, um, would be to pick up a camera. Because everything was being, um, everything that was being presented that I was interested in was being presented photographically, whether it was documentation of Gordon Mata Clark and his activist works, um, literally carving houses in half, or whether it was Barry LeVay or Mel Bachner uh, recording their movements around the gallery or their actions in the gallery or even fashion photography. I was so interested in what was going on in fashion photography because it was a, a somewhat revolutionary time for fashion photography with people like Deborah Turbeville and Chris von Wagenheim and Helmut Newton. So everything was exploding in my perception around the camera. Do you think that in that particular instance it was an advantage to be a woman? I don't think it was ever 
an advantage to be a woman in the art world, and I still don't think it's an advantage to be a woman. But I think given that that's where I was and what I wanted to be, I was trying to find a very um, a very unique position for myself where I could grow and grow my grow my work and ideas as a woman. And the most interesting thing about that was that a number of women were having the same idea at the same time. And that's, uh, that's how my cohort was born in a sense. And that would have been, um, Cindy Sherman and Louise Lawler and Barbara Kruger, my contemporaries. It's almost like we all had the idea separately, but at once that using a camera and using it in a very particular and new way could separate us from the male history that was being recorded in the art world, the history that involved painting and sculpture and printmaking and and even photography, the way the Museum of Modern Art was recording it, this very short but very male-dominated history. That's fascinating. Um the one one quote that I that very much amused me is how your husband always says that that you aren't you weren't part of the pictures generation. You've always sought to be your own your own your own how do I say your own stylist, your own leader. Um, can you can you elaborate on that? Because we are now talking about the seventies generation where there was this explosion. How do you think that you stayed out of that of the labeling of that generation and? How did you invent a language that was so specific to yourself? And how would Groover's work have influenced you or not? Well, I don't think I stayed out of it. And the interesting thing is that I didn't want to be out of it. I very much wanted to be part of it. I was thrilled to have a group of people that I could be associated with. It felt very, it felt great. And I was intermittently included and excluded I think because of aspects of my work that were less about appropriation and more about um, more about psychology and politics. And it was always my husband who said, you don't want to be in the center of anything. You want to be your own person, your own artist, so that you can be around for a really long time making your work. You don't want to be part of a group. So it was something that he was telling me whenever I felt bad about being excluded but more often than not, I was included and felt very proud to be with this group of uh, artists, particularly women. One thing that I'm remembering that I think is really interesting is that when I first started making my pictures, in my color pictures in 1978, the small dollhouse figures in dollhouses, I, of course, um, was asked to speak about my work and be on panels. And one of the things that... Jan had said to me and sub- subsequently said in print was the quote, formalism is everything. That's her quote, I think, yes? So when I first started to talk about my work, here were these images of dollhouses and interiors, and I spoke about them as though they were formal exercises. And I could almost feel the audience, I could almost feel their how befuddled they were, how puzzled they were that I would take these very loaded images and talk about them in a very formal and abstract way, which is something that came directly to me from Jan. Of course, as I grew more comfortable with myself and my identity and my work, I was able to find 
a number of ways to talk about my work. I always say the three P's, psychological, political, and personal, the ways um, that I know to talk about my work. But in the very beginning, I sort of um, fell back on things, um, ideas that I'd learned from Jan. Um, would you agree with the quote um, when Bruce uh, says of, of Jan that her photography never means anything? She really only wants the visual ex- excitement of your eye to be flying around? Um, I agreed at the time. I don't agree with it anymore. And I think that both Jan and I were products of our time where we were um, decidedly anti-narrative. And I think that it was really important not to attach a narrative to one's work. It was almost embarrassing. But I think um, when I, I look at what Jan made the decision to shoot, like like focusing herself um, in objects in the kitchen, the same way that I looked at kitchen interiors um, and recreated that. I think that I think that there's much more at work than she or I were willing to discuss at the time. Of course, I'm speculating. I never had that conversation with Jan. But, in, you know, everything is different for an artist in hindsight. And sometimes um, my feeling is when an artist is in the midst of making their work, at least this is true for me and the artists I know, that's when we're the least capable of explaining it or analyzing it. So I love thinking about what Jan did, you know, that was so influential to me and for me. I love thinking about it now from this point in history in a completely different light. Did you and she teach at the same time at Sunny? She got me my teaching job. I was so young and so unprepared, and Jan said, oh, come on, you can do this. And she actually got me my first real teaching job. And um, it was really pretty amazing. Um, And, of course, I was really inspired by her and her uh, ideas about teaching, and we had great rides back and forth to school where we got to talk a lot. But, yeah, I remembered that Jan was the one that got me that job. And then you went on to teach at Yale and Columbia. Yes. I, I, Jan got me started with all that because I disliked school myself so much. And I didn't particularly like art school. I just didn't understand that I had anything to offer. But I think Jan really helped me with that. Now, it's funny hearing you. You'd think that she was a very warm person. And yet, when you see pictures of Jan... As Bruce says, she came across often as a very angry person. Could you correct that image of her? I think that I always thought that she had a like a a beautiful face, like the face of a you know of a high school cheerleader, just like the perfect American lovely face. And but her her demeanor was very tough. But I thought that um, you know she was trying to exist and make her work in a very male-dominated art world. And you had to be tough. And Jan was really good at it. But I always thought that in the middle of that was a really um, kind, caring, and extremely sensitive person. I mean, her persona and her... And once you got to know Jan, her exterior and interior didn't seem to match. And that said, I never felt like we were close friends. I always looked up to her. We had some 
wonderful times together, but I, I saw her much more as a mentor than as a friend. And I actually don't think she was aware of that. I don't think that I ever made her aware of what her position was to me. I think we just kind of, I tagged along and acted like a friend, but I was in awe of her. There's no question about it. And there are very, very few people in my life I can say that about. I mean, artists, um, I have very few role models and, and, and no teachers whatsoever that I, that I looked up to. So Jan occupied a very special place for me. I was sort of a renegade, so I had a hard time finding people to admire. <laughs> Were there other people that you met through her? Well, there was a whole crowd of people, and um, my husband and I are the same age, and we hung out with a much with a generation older crowd. So on Saturdays, we would go to openings, and then a huge group would gather at a bar in Soho, and we would sit there, and we knew the names of we were friends with a certain group of artists, like Dorothea Rockburn, Jan and Bruce, Mel Bachner. Barry LeVay, but we would see a much older group of artists and we knew all of their names. You know, it was kind of like a, a young groupie thing. We knew, we knew, um, we knew who the older artists were. If they said hi to us or we had a conversation, that was very exciting. But we kind of had a hangout every Saturday where we could really talk to artist colleagues and older artists. And it was pretty great. Could we now come back to what photography was becoming in the 70s? Now, of course, as you said, with hindsight, there's always a different perspective. But what was it really like uh, having suddenly galleries not only become interested in, in photography, but some actually being created around photography? How did that make you feel as a, as a budding photographer? Well, I felt like there were galleries that were forming around photography, but it didn't feel like my kind of photography. And interestingly, I remember having a meeting at MoMA with a woman named Linda Scherer, Scherer, excuse me, her name was Linda Scherer, who was a curator there at the time. And she said, what can I do to get you and your group of artists into the collection at MoMA? And I said, nothing, it will never happen. Um, the way the collection is and the way that the department is now, they're not open to our kind of photography. They're only open to photography that comes directly from the tradition of photography. And of course, by this time, Metro Pictures Gallery, the gallery that I was part of, had opened in 1980 and was starting to show, you know, what would eventually be called the pictures generation, but nobody quite knew what to do with it. They, they, it didn't quite fit in, painting spaces or painting galleries. It didn't fit in museum photography collections. So this work was emerging with um, my peer group, my cohort, but the larger world didn't really know what to do with it. Do you think you're living a transition um, between a time where it was the beginning of, uh, of uh, media-like television, it was only 50 years and then the saturation level that we've attained today, does that give the, those, the beginning of that form of photography that is moving towards art a different status today? I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I can un, um, tease out exactly what your question well, is from that. 
it was a, it was a new world with uh, with the saturation of images, television, the presence right, of television. Right, for my generation. Yeah. Well, I think the key thing for my generation certainly isn't my idea. It's written about over and over. But we were the first generation completely raised on television. There was no moment in our history or my history when I remember not having a TV and big magazines all around me. You know, of course, now we're dealing with a new generation totally raised, uh, you know, in the digital age, which is, brings in a whole new set of um, um, kinds of visual explorations and equivalencies. So I think that that... I always saw it as, as a fault when I was in art school that I mixed up high and low art, that it took me a long time to perceive what high art was because I'd grown up in a kind of image bank where my mother taking me to see the Mona Lisa was the same as the drawing on the department store shopping bag. I, I couldn't differentiate. So it was like one big image mix like a big soup that had a million kinds of images in it. So I was very self-conscious about that. And then when I got to art school, I felt like I really needed to catch up historically and understand what art was. But I think that that um, lack of prejudice, that that kind of naivete about all, all art being the same, low, high, is what really ultimately informed my work think that one of the tools that might have helped you obtain that was the famous term of setup photography. Did that suddenly allow photography to take on a new meaning? The idea of setup photography? Yeah. You mean are you talking about me? Well the idea of setup photography had been around for a long time because of course it was used in advertising and illustration. So the name setup photography gave me a way to describe my work. If somebody said, well, what do you do? Are, are you a portrait photographer? And I would say, no, I do setup photography. And of course I didn't describe what my subjects were, but it did give me a way to understand that I wasn't out in the world shooting. You know, I wasn't a street photographer. I mean, that was the main difference for me. When I said I was a setup photographer, I meant that I wasn't out in the street. I wasn't waiting for the decisive moment. I wasn't doing portraiture. I was doing my own thing and trying to find a name for it. You defined your own photography as being set up photography to, to, to indicate that you weren't someone who did uh, were out in the streets taking life uh, photographs. Is that the same? Could you also use that term for both your uh, Jan's uh, photos and for Cindy Sherman's photos? Well, I felt I always felt that Cindy and I were working outside the box in the same way. The interesting thing about Jan was that I felt like she started out in a highly conceptual mode, and I saw her work. I saw her work as existing in a category of conceptual artwork. When she made the kitchen photos, my sense was that she was becoming more traditional. And of course, when she started to experiment with palladium prints, platinum prints, I'm not, I'm not quite remembering exactly what they were, but I always felt like Jan started out in a more radical mode 
and through the course of her work became more and more traditional. I was so interested in that, so curious about that. And I remember um, Jan taking me to the darkroom to show me how she made the print. She was really excited to share the technique with me, and it was a very... It was a very formative moment for me and a very uh, amazing moment to, to be able to be inside her darkroom. But I had this awareness that, that Jan and I were moving in opposite directions, that I was trying to figure out ways to radicalize my work, and she was the lure of a kind of um, traditionalism and romanticism. I felt like that, that's what was luring her, 